Welcome. Welcome to the weekend. Everybody up. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. You'll get the insight and latest information on North Dakota State football. From the tailgate lot to the football field, our countdown is on. Here's your host of Heard It Here, Josh Swanson. One for the ages. North Dakota State with an epic 20-14 win over James Madison. Sealed with a defensive stand late. A Destin Talbert interception that may have been the best defensive play in program history. The Bison are going back to Frisco for the ninth time in 11 years. And I'm sure that most of you who were at the game or up late watching are about as tired as I am right now. To, To even rank that game, I asked it on Twitter this morning. I think that was the greatest game in Fargo Dome history, and I, and I think there's a couple reasons for that, and that's not taking anything away from Georgia Southern 2. I think there's several things that go into it between the moment, what was at stake, the nature of the game, the nature of the opponent, and I've asked my good friend, former roommate and former North Dakota State football player who wore the number 90, you might know him, it's not Phil Hansen. It's another number 90 from uh, Scranton, North Dakota, the head uh, basketball coach at West Fargo High School, Adam Palchiski Pally. Thank you. Pally brings in Christmas presents here. He brought me some Montana coffee traders, and that's only appropriate. Him and uh, Tommy Kirchhoffner, who's actually the basketball coach at Cheyenne, the three of us went on a, a camping trip to Glacier National Park about, oh, seven, eight years ago now. That sounds about right, Pally? Yeah, seven years ago. And I think the best coffee any of us had in our lives was at, is it, was it Backwoods Bistro? Was that the breakfast place? Backwoods Bistro, outdoor breakfast restaurant that in the evenings would serve stuff like mountain lion. And after we had hiked, the three of us thinking first time in Glacier, well, let's, let's, let's hike this trail. And it was the one up to the Sperry Chalet and it ended up being like the third most difficult trail in the park. So I think we all wolfed down about 8,000 calories at this breakfast place in the park, and of course, we drank about I, it, best coffee of my life, Montana Coffee Traders. What do you that game? Where do you even start? You're a, you're a coach. You played for North Dakota State. You followed this team for a long time. What what are your thoughts in there after that? After that Talbot, let's start with the Talbot interception. Third and six. Their quarterback's trying to throw it away. He said after the game, I saw pictures posted online this morning. It looked like Talbot. I'm not even kidding. It was like five feet in the air, and he came down with a one-handed pick. What did you think of that? Um, I, I texted you guys immediately in our, in our text group and said that was the greatest defensive play that I've seen in Fargo Dome history because of the moment and what was just needed. Um, but all those great defensive plays, uh, they, they come from a team effort. And Destin Talbert made – his catch was unbelievable with that pressure on the quarterback and all that stuff comes together. And um, those guys uh, – we played with a lot of heart last night on defense. The Bison really did. James Madison, and earlier in that drive, NDSU had him backed up. They had a sack to to push him way back. 
And then there was a face mask penalty on the sack, which gave James Madison a first down, and they converted a couple third downs. And here they are with a third and six at the Bison seven. And the biggest play of the game up until that point, they score a touchdown. The Bison still have time, but then JMU takes the lead with an extra point. Maybe they're going to Frisco. When a player needed to make a play, and I love the teamwork component of it too. I, I don't think a lot of folks are talking about that. Javier Darrett busted through the line. And he put pressure on JMU's quarterback, Cole Johnson, forcing him to try to get rid of the ball, throw it, but he wasn't able to get it quite out of bounds But because uh, Javier Darrett was in his mug. And the fans, too, one of the things Cole Johnson, JMU's core, I thought, Pally, that the crowd last night for the buys, and even though there was only 16,500 in the Dome, was every play on defense. First down, second down, third down, the entire game was on their feet yelling, what Cole Johnson had said was there was a miscommunication between JMU's offensive linemen and two guys up front were in two different protections, not on the same page. Derrick busts through. Talbert has a big play and pandemonium. Yeah, the 12th man really brought it last night. Uh, and you could hear the marked difference in about the last four minutes on, on TV is when we were loud, but we got louder somehow in the last four minutes when, when we needed to be there and force JMU to make some mistakes. I'm I'm struggling with my voice this morning because of that yelling. The decimal meter at the dome, they they did a cutaway shot of a decimal reader, and it was at 102, 103. I don't know if the highest the highest I saw it get was I think 103. That that dome was absolutely loud. But then after that, you're you you love the Smash Mouth football. You're you're old school like that. And and Bison fans, I've never seen a fan base applaud and give a standing ovation for a five-yard run like North Dakota State's fan base. Prior to that, JMU punts about midway through the fourth quarter, pins NDSU at their own two-yard line. Hunter Lipke, Mr. Do-It-All, was the first Bison to lead the team in receiving yards and rushing yards in a game since Christian Watson did it back in the semifinal against Montana State in 2019. But those power runs, man, right? JMU knew what was coming. NDSU needed breathing room. You've already had a punt blocked. You don't want to be, if you're a long snapper and a punter, typically you have, what, 12, 13 yards or so between the snapper and the punter? I think they do. um, In the past, they've done 14 and a half, and then by the time you kick it, you're at 13 to 12. So if you're kicking out of your own end zone, you shorten that distance considerably. So NDSU, it was absolutely crucial that NDSU pick up at least a first down to give themselves some breathing space. And they, they did that more. They picked up a couple first downs. But Hunter Lipke, a, a big fella, his athleticism, two touchdown catches. And the second one was, I mean, it was a beautiful ball, a money ball right by right by Cam. But that was a tough catch. That wasn't an easy catch. And he hauled it in, and he got the big yards when the Bison needed it. Just talk about watching him, a guy that's a, a banger, but his athlete, he's got that deceptive athleticism. People just think he's, he's kind of an A-gap power guy, smashed the rock. Most A-back power guys that are fullbacks can't make those two touchdown catches that Lipke did. Yeah, he's he runs like a tailback, in my opinion. I know he is listed as a fullback, and that that's great and everything, but you watch his feet and watch how he gets through the holes. How it, He's nimble. I mean, he really is, and he always has a forward lean. He always falls forward. Um, and the guy, you know, he's been a grinder, I think, his whole life. Um, this is nothing new that we're seeing at NDSU, except he's doing it here now instead of his hometown. So the kid was awesome. And yeah, that last, not the last run, but that run you're talking about uh, to get that first first down to push us out um, was incredible. He just stayed right behind his lineman. He was tight to his lineman. 
the offensive line just pushed and pushed, and we just got pieces of guys, and um, yeah, we caught them, and it was a great, great, big play for our momentum. The fact that NDSU is able to do that with two starting offensive linemen out, the Bison were dinged up going into that game. Just the total team effort, you know, we've talked a little bit, and we'll talk throughout the morning. We'll get to whether this was the, the greatest game ever played in Fargo Dome history. Nass Jensen's out. All-conference type of offensive lineman. Jalen Sundell, your center, is out. Injured last week as well against Eastern Tennessee State. So the Bison had to do some shuffling. Uh, Cordell Volson normally plays right tackle. They moved him to right guard. Jake Kubis normally plays right guard. They moved him to left guard. And then they put Mason Miller in at right tackle. And the Bison did enough. And I know fans sometimes think in today's day and age, Team should be scoring 40 points a game. NDSU, you knew that if they hit 20, they'd have a good shot to win the game because of how good their defense is. I don't care that James Madison is scoring 40 points a game. NDSU held JMU to a season low in points and total yards. But when NDSU needed an answer, when what they needed to do out of the gate, they, they came out, they established a lead, took control of that football game, put JMU on their heels. JMU blocks a punt late third quarter. Six plays later, they're in the end zone. NDSU needed an answer there. They're trailing 14 to 13. All the momentum in the dome had flipped. The game's going into the fourth quarter. And when they needed it, the Bison offense and those Rams, they delivered. And there's something to be said for that, knowing that with the game, maybe not on the line, but you need to get a score there. Or you need to at least move the ball to, to flip the field. For the Rams to step up how they did and deliver, to, to me, was so very impressive. There are not many schools in college football where the offensive linemen are stars, but they really are here, and for that exact reason. Um, you, there's there's a lot of depth in that room, um, and a lot of it starts with Coach Kramer in the offseason, just building those guys into men. Um, but they know their job, and they take a lot of pride in it, and you could see it on display last night. Adam Pelcheski, former North Dakota State football player, former roommate. Not many folks have lived to tell the tales. You didn't live just with one Swanee brother. You lived with both of us for several years there in South Fargo. I think I think my parents sent you a, a medal of some sort for for putting us up, putting up with us and and doing that. And just the idea that how many how many schools, programs, any level, Alabama, Georgia, North Dakota State, JMU, whoever. Your best playmaker on offense, Christian Watson, is out. Noah Gindorf, who will be playing in the NFL on Sundays, one of the best tight ends in the FCS, if not college football, he's out. You find out that one of your running backs, who's a home run hitter, Jalen Bussey, out with a broken foot. Two of your starting offensive linemen are out. And for North Dakota State to go not just toe-to-toe with JMU, but to deliver the knockout blow when they need it. To, to me, when you talk about total team effort and just that attitude and mentality, we had Craig Haley from Athlon Sports and FCS, the analyst, with us on KFGO yesterday leading up to the game. And he said the Bison just seemed to live for these moments, that the moments are never too big for them, that in the fourth quarter they relish that. And when you have that many guys injured and not playing, to do that against a team and a program of JMU's caliber, to me, that's that that's so it's such a confidence builder going down to Frisco. I don't care if you're playing Montana State. I don't care if you're playing South Dakota State. But but just a total team win, man. Uh, that's correct. You know, a lot of credit goes to the coaching staff, not just for uh, a great game plan. I thought last night, but for recruiting guys who are okay 
with the next man up mentality, meaning, you know what, I'm going to sit and wait and I'm going to work my butt off until I get my chance and I'm going to be ready. And Mason Miller is a great example of that. I mean, that kid's a good player. Um, and he's not starting right now, but, I mean, he stepped in and he was just solid. Wait, and you talk about a guy like Braden Thomas, kid from that you coached against from Bismarck High, goes to Bismarck at Mary, University Mary there, then he transfers to Mankato State to play football, then he comes to NDSU as a walk-on, unheralded guy. He ends up finishing second in Defensive Player of the Year voting in the conference, finishes with something like nine sacks. And one of the things he referenced in an interview this week, I think it was with Cole Pack, was the fact that he only really played half a football game. Because NDSU, you saw it last night, they shuffle out fresh bodies on the defensive line all the time. And it's not a sexy thing. You, you talk about Logan McCormick, how big his play was. He had that hurry at the end. He had JMU quarterback Cole Johnson when he was throwing that last play of the game to cause the incompletion. Tony Pierce had a sack, I think, before that and caused a bunch of disruptions. Javier Derit in there, uh, raising all kinds of hell. And then Braden Thomas saying, like, I came here because of that mentality where we play all those guys. And when you talk about that, a lot of guys will go places. It's all about them. They want the numbers. And I know you and me are on the same same wavelength there. You see guys when they sign somewhere, get recruited. They put up the self-glorifying Twitter posts like, so blessed to receive my 12th offer. I've narrowed it down to my 14th finalists. I think that's just kind of a unhealthy level of, of narcissism, and I think it's part of the problem with today's college game. But NDSU is a throwback where they're not like that. You got a guy like Braden Thomas coming here, Logan McCormick, and even those offensive linemen, the Mason Miller, who could have went anywhere else and started as a freshman, coming here, and then he steps up, and I think his first start all year, that guy started two games as a freshman. He started last spring against Sam Houston State, and then he starts tonight in a semifinal game because two starters out, and the Bison found a way to get it done. Yeah, you know, that D-line stuff, when you get – when you're able to roll eight, ten guys in the defensive line, um, you end up putting so much pressure on the quarterback and also on their offensive linemen that you wear them down over time. They, we've always played a long game here at NDSU. It's We're going to win in the fourth quarter. We're going to get you tired. We're going to dominate you physically up until that point, and then we're going to make you break. And you know what? Play after, day after day, weekend after weekend, it happens. So just another weekend in Bison football. And, and what a weekend, what what a moment. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about that because you've been to a lot of Bison games. You obviously played here. You were a fan growing up. You've had some of your athletes. We'll talk about maybe Carson Hegerly a little bit signing with North Dakota State this week. But I want to talk about that in, in the grand scheme of things. I know we teased it earlier. But of, of all these big games, and there's so many of them, when you think that in the last 11 years, there have been 10, not, not just the fact, if NDSU would have been played in 10 semifinal games in 11 years, that would have been impressive. But to get them all at home is just, I, I don't know that our fans sometimes appreciate just how, how really absurd that is. That does that never ha- has never happened in history anywhere, whether whether it's in Alabama, you know, in Notre Dame, and I know the FBS is kind of different, but that level of sustained success and where this win ranks among some great Fargo Dome games. Coming up next on Heard It Here with Swanee. 20 to 14, a score that will be remembered for a long time and live in the rich, proud history of North Dakota State football. This is Heard It Here with Swanee, brought to you by Smith Motors and Wapaton, small town friendly, big town deals, and Walton's Tire Service, your local one stop for tires, friendly service, and more in Lisbon, North Dakota. I'm joined by my good buddy, Adam Pelcheski, former North Dakota State player and now the head basketball state championship winning 
title coach at West Fargo. I remember when we watched that tournament last spring, you know, my brother and our good friend Pat went to the game. And uh, that was West Fargo Justice, brother. And I, I remember you're being interviewed after the game, and you've got the net, the championship net, and Libby and I are watching from the, from our place in West Fargo, and we're so proud of you. And Libby kind of stops and goes, Pally just won a state championship. So yeah, Pally did win a state championship. So that that's that's a big deal. I say, yeah, it's a really big deal. She's like, he's gonna like be speaking at Rotaries and Lions Club. He's like a civics guy now. I said, well, <laughs> yeah, that's you know, kind of kind of his role goes along with the territory. And then I mean, not taking anything with away from you, buddy. But Libby's like, but it's Pally. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, we've all we've all grown up. We're not as as derelicts as we used to be in college, but. Uh, yeah, you had some success, well, obviously success, bringing West Fargo a state championship, and you got another team. You guys had a game last night against Fargo North, came away with a buzzer beater last second win. Yeah, Brett Lemke hit a great shot here at the with about two, three seconds left, and um, we stopped them on their last heave, and um, it was it was quite the quite the game. Yeah, those kids, Bull, you were telling me during the break, and I'm not surprised, it's just your mentality. Your kids play hard, they're well-coached. Up Temple, full court press, all game getting after it, a lot like uh, some North Dakota State teams. You know, th- and a lot of what I do with basketball is from the mentality that I got playing at North Dakota State University. Um, you just work as hard as you can work. And like I said uh, in the last session, you know, eventually teams are going to break. And most of the time they do. And if they don't, then you got to trust your guys to go out and make the plays they have to make, um, whether it be Brett Limke, uh, Carson Hagerly, or whoever has the ball at the time. What does that say? Because that's something I wanted to ask you about, talking about in, in the context why I think this is the greatest game in Fargo Dome history. I understand there's that nostalgia for Georgia Southern 2 in that 2012 team. It was 2012. It wasn't 2013, that epic team. The Bison were down. The teams had traded leads in the second half. Georgia Southern scores with a couple minutes left. NDSU needs to answer. They get the touchdown on fourth and three, and then they block the field goal, but something, you know, I'm driving in and I'm listening to Sirius XM and I got Basketball and Beyond by Coach K on, Mike Krzyzewski, the Duke head coach. And he was talking about, you know, what he prides himself on for his teams. And I'm sure he's proud of the NBA stuff and, and everything like that with his guys, but it's the fact that in big games, they want that opportunity. It doesn't scare them. And when you think about it, just think about if you're a fan out there, if you were at the game or watching. Some people were t- tweeting at me, texting at me, you know, cardiac kids, and after the game, soaking it all in, like, Swanee, oh, man, I can't believe it. Oh, I'm just exhausted type stuff. And the players are out there just jubilation. They want to be in those moments. And that's something that North Dakota State, that that's, that isn't an FCS thing. That goes back to when you were playing. It goes back to the guys that played before you. NDSU football breeds in its players from the moment you get in the door you want to be in those big games and those big moments. And, and I think part of that mentality when it came down to it, third and six from the seven-yard line, NDSU's up by six points. A Jamie touchdown there, that, that goes a long ways toward punching their ticket to Frisco. And on a third and six with three minutes left, Destin Talbert wasn't nervous. He wasn't afraid. He wanted the, what he said after the game was, it has to come to me. It has to come to me. He wanted the ball thrown to him. And I think that just speaks to everything you were talking about, how this program puts in its players' DNA. They want to be on the field, and they want the opportunity to make that play when it matters most. Exactly. You know, you've seen your teammates make those plays, as you know Dustin has in his, in his time at NDSU. 
and you come here to win championships. So that's that is in their DNA. That's who we recruit. We don't recruit um, you know star athletes who don't have that winning mentality. We recruit winners. We recruit tough, tough kids, and we recruit kids who are at that level uh, mentally in practice too. Because you know that they've repped all these situations: two minute drill offense, two minute defense. Um, what are their best plays in in the red zone, stuff like that. They've repped everything, and those players on defense and on offense are locked in the entire time. So that's why they're able to execute at such a high level here on Friday evenings. And, and that's something Hunter Lipke mentioned. I, actually, it was Cam Miller after the game mentioned it, those two touchdown passes to Hunter Lipke, kind of those wheel concepts. On, on the on the second one, the second touchdown, the 22-yarder early in the fourth quarter, he's lined up at fullback. And we had another fullback in there. So I said to the people sitting around us, they're leaking, they're leaking Lipke out for a touchdown. I go, this is Bison touchdown special. Here it comes. Because I didn't think they were going to give the ball to the other fullback. I didn't think they were going to try to run it to straight up power with Lipke from the fullback. And he's kind of tucked down in there. They got that tight formation. And what Cam Miller said was they've run that play three times all year. So they've had it at the ready. They run it twice in a national semifinal game for touchdowns. They had schemed that and practiced that all year. And then when they have to execute it, that's exactly what they did. They go out there and they they execute it. To me, it's so very, very impressive. And I think, you know, to your point, the type of kids that NDSU recruits for a minute, I, I want to talk about the coaching staff because I, Tyler Roll, the Bison fan base, was not happy with that dude earlier in the year. And even myself, I'm a knowledgeable football fan. 99.9% of us guys, if you're being honest with yourself, you don't know what's going on there in a particular play. I remember a caller back when uh, Steve Walker, a good friend of both of ours, NDSU quarterback in the day, was doing a call-in show after games on KFGO. And a guy calls up and says, I knew every time they did this it was going to be a pass to the tight end. And Steve kind of laughs. He says, well, how... How'd you know that? He was, well, it's just, they were lined up in a way. Then, then the guy, you know, he kind of looked at the sideline and then motion. And Steve, you know, Steve's very, um, he's not going to call a guy an idiot. You know, good for him. But Steve kind of chuckled and goes, well, you know more about football than I do because I sure didn't, I didn't see it like that on every play. But Ty- Tyler Roll did an, I thought, an outstanding job in that first half attacking and keeping JMU on their toes because I think everyone in the building thought Christian Watson's out, he's not playing. So NDSU's passing game is down Watson. They're down Gindorf. NDSU's going to try to run the ball right at him. What did they do that first quarter? They were throwing the ball all over. You know, DJ Hart had a big catch. Phoenix Sproles had a couple catches. To me, that play calling last night was, was uh, Tyler deserves, Coach Roll deserves credit for that. He did an outstanding job against one of the best defenses, probably the second best defense in the country behind North Dakota State and JMU. They had some dudes. Man, they, that was probably the best defense I think we faced all year, wasn't it? Yeah, their their defensive line gets a lot of penetration. Everyone on their team can run and make plays. So, uh, yeah, it was tremendous. And you know, going back to Tyler, his play calling and stuff. And and I I talked to them earlier this year about some stuff. And we both know because you know I coach basketball and I'm coaching for March. That's when we got to be really good. And as he's coaching football, he's coaching for the playoffs. Like we're at North Dakota State, we don't have to sit there and try to pull out all the stops every game to make the playoffs, to squeak in like some of these other schools do in other conferences. Um, That's just not who we are. So we have the luxury but also the challenge to prepare for December and for that January, first weekend in January game that we're hopefully going to play in every year um, and be our best at that point. So you 
you sacrifice some flash. You might sacrifice some points um, to see what your team has, to see who can make plays, um, to just set stuff up over and over and over again because you're going to coach against guys who are also good coaches. I mean, you look at JMU, their coaching staff was stellar. They have great kids. They've won so many games this year. Um, so you're going to coach against really good guys who are going to study your film, who are going to know what you're going to do. So you have to have something different, and you can't just pull it out of your hat. You can't just draw it up in the sand that week. I think have- that's I think that's one of the things fans don't understand, that it's not as simple as showing players like a play card, saying you do this, you do that, that to put a play in like that, it's, it's not like Madden or NCAA football where you just select it and then poof, it happens. Ex- exactly. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get them into an alignment defensively where you have the advantage. So you know what they're going to do. And you attack their weaknesses because if you can know what their weaknesses are, um, you have a good chance of your play succeeding. And that's the the type of athlete that NDSU. And so you know, I, I just wanted to say, make a point to reference the fact that that uh, all the buys and coaches did a great job. But Coach Roll and that offensive staff to have that game plan put together like they did, especially early on, and in the second half when they needed the answer, they had the plays and they executed. They deserve credit for that. I remember a story Coach Kleiman used to tell when he was here. He would tell it at uh, like the Bison Gala at the Fargo Dome and some team makers meetings. Uh, to your point, Pally, about practices every day. And he said there was this, this hotshot young freshman came in, you know, really heralded recruit, and he wasn't getting a lot of playing time. And he was complaining about it and complaining about it and, and whining about how good he was and being the man and everything. And one of the seniors on that team, in the locker room, went up to him and said, yeah, man, you're pretty good, right? You're pretty good. He's like, yeah, I'm good. He said, yeah, I'm one of the best players on the team, right? Yeah, you know, I'm one of the best players. And the senior grabbed him, like took him by both hands around the collar and put him into the wall and straightened him out and said, the reason you don't play is because at practice, you're not giving it 110%. And I'm paraphrasing here that you show up here, you go through the motions, and you treat it like a joke. The coaches didn't have to say anything to that freshman. That senior did it, and, and Coach Kleiman didn't use names, and even if he did, I wouldn't repeat them because it was a story told to a group type of thing. But it, his point was that's sort of team mentality and culture, and he went on to say that freshman ended up being an all-conference All-American type player from North Dakota State. But it's that sort of culture and leadership, that day-to-day in practice that we don't see. We show up in the games, and that's another thing why I wanted to have you on Fans out there don't understand how incredibly hard these guys work and what goes into it to commit themselves day after day, week after week towards winning a championship. We see the fruits of that labor last night in a game like that. That's, that'll be a memory for Bison football fans for decades to come. But I think it's so important, that, just, and that's why the coaches talk about it. When, you, when the Bison lose, what do you hear Coach answer, you know, Bowl before him or Coach Kleiman? We had a bad week of practice. We had a bad week of practice. When you have a big win like this, the coaches say it, and I think sometimes it goes in one ear out the other for us fans. We had a really good week of practice. We were really dialed in. And I think that stuff is so so critical for this program and leads to things like nine trips to Frisco in 11 years. Yeah, if you've ever been to an NSU practice, especially in the last decade or so, um, it is, and I'm saying this in the nicest way possible, it is brutal. The players are on the players as hard, if not harder, than the coaches are. And the coaches coach hard. But the players hold each other accountable. Seniors on down the line. Um, if someone gets out of line, someone's got that ego, they get it checked in a hurry. Um, and, again, in the long run, it's a great thing. And you get the guys, if if you're willing to have the guys that you trust and that you work with and that you bleed with um, correct you and help you out, you're going to be a great player and a great teammate. And if you're not willing, you're probably just going to leave. And that's also okay. But we get the right people in, in the room and on the field.
And that to win to win nine or well, to win eight of the last ten FCS titles, to make it to Frisco nine times in eleven years, it starts with that. That is the foundation. Adam Palcheski, head basketball coach at West Fargo, former defensive lineman for North Dakota State. He's with us for the full hour. When we come back, we'll finally talk about where this game ranks in the pantheon of all time great games at the Fargo Dome on Herd It Here. With Swanee in the South Sussex Gentlemen's Club. Lots of flights being booked from the North Plains to Tejas. For that first week in January, hotels flying. Bison like to have a good time down in Frisco. Looking forward to get back. And I'm fairly positive it's not confirmed, but I suspect based on the last few years, uh, yours truly and some other folks from the Mighty 790 KFGO will be Broadcasting from somewhere live down there for a title game. The Bison will take on either Montana State or South Dakota State. And I'm getting blown up right now on Twitter, Pally, and not in a good way. It's almost like those unpleasant texts we get from my brother complaining about music or Santa <laughs> or the Salvation uh, uh, Salvation Army bell ringers. Justin's always mad about something. He's an angry elf. Someone, someone pooped in his cereal. I don't know what his deal is. <laughs> He's not on to defend himself, so I can take all. He comes on the air, and we see people, and they're like, yeah, you have to have your brother on the show all the time. And Justin's like, yeah, I'm pretty good. You should have me on the sh- your show all the time, because your show sucks. The only time people listen is when I'm on, so now I get to take some shots at him. Um, people, was this the greatest game in Fargo Dome history? And I know it's... <sighs> Georgia Southern was great, and there have been some great games. But but for me, when you take a look at the fact that James Madison is a program, having the only team ever to come into the Fargo Dome and beat the Bison in the playoffs. The Bison are now 31-1 and in the FCS playoffs in the Dome. James Madison beat us here. They went on to win a title. James Madison is that the, the only other program. They're in, and Craig Haley said this from Athlon Sports. You know, there's no other program at the same level at NDSU, but if there's one right there, the next best thing, it's JMU. And just the nature of that game, the fact that they're leaving for FBS. So this was literally their last game ever in FCS. They had the big goal, like one last run, and they were making a lot to do about that. They came in here talking all kinds of smack. And then the the fourth quarter, one of the most exciting fourth quarters I've ever seen in the Fargo Dome, and there was only one touchdown scored. To have that kind of back and forth with, with those two teams. So you don't have to agree with me. A lot of people think Georgia Southern 2 back in December 2012 was the best game ever. And there's an argument, sure, for that. But I think either this or Georgia Southern 2 is definitely the best game of the Dome history. And if it was me, just based on the plays made in the moment and the ending, we've never had an ending like that. NDSU gets the interception by Talbert, has a few first downs, gets some breathing room, they punt back. And then JMU, they had a shot at the end, but NDSU's defense snuffed it out. And that that last that last two plays, the sack, and then the uh, Logan McCormick with the force hitting the guy. So for me, I think this that was the best game in Fargo Dome history last night. What do you say? I'm I'm partial to Georgia Southern too. I mean, I was in the stands. I I wept when uh, when we won that game. It was unbelievable emotionally as a fan. Um, and you know, you, you talk about how good JMU was. Let's not forget how good Georgia Southern was. In the FCS for years, they were the bell cow, um, bringing home national championships. Did they get six, six? I think six of them. Yep. So I mean, um, that was a team, especially on our first, the first game that you have to go through them before you can say that you're you're the guy, that you're the big dog. 
Um, and we did it twice. And they are even better the second time, obviously. Um, but that one was huge. Um, with regard to this game, you know, you look at plays. You talk about that uh, that fourth quarter that we played, only one touchdown. It was kind of like watching uh, Rocky Four. Yeah. You know, um, both teams just punching each other over and over again. And you think you're about out, and then you they get a punch back, and they drive JMU drives back down, and it, it was it was in doubt until the end because um, they were in scoring distance. Uh, it was it, it was it was a tremendous game. Um, and like you said, there's a lot of storyline to it, but the injuries and some of the guys missing, the fact that people had to step up that no one maybe knew would step up, um, that says a lot about our guys. And the Bison were actually underdogs in this game. Vegas had James Madison is, I think, a five-and-a-half-point favorite. And that Georgia Southern team was absolutely loaded. They had, you know, the Jet McKinnon, who went on to have, I think he's still playing in the NFL. If he's not playing now, I think last year he was playing. Swopes, that uh, dude, I think he played a long time for the Dallas Cowboys. They had that big nose tackle who had the personal foul setting up the touchdown. They punted to us. We were down late in the third, and I can't remember if it was if it was Gebhardt or Ryan Smith or who was back there, and they had a, a necessary roughness late hit. That was a second, number 69. I can't remember his name. A big old nose tackle dude, and I think he went on to have a cup of coffee in the NFL. I remember uh, A.J. Cooper, who you and I both know, another one of my brother's nemesis is. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so Coop, Coop and I had class together at NDSU. He played for NDSU, then you know went on to be a graduate assistant here. Thandy Delabar, then obviously a coach under under uh, Craig Bowl. And when Coop was Coop went with uh, Coach Bowl to Wyoming, and right after that came out that the that coach announced he was leaving, and this this staff stuck around. I think it was right after the semifinal game we'd beat New Hampshire. And uh, Brother Swan, Coop, and I got together at Buffalo Wild Wings North just to have a couple beverages and, and hang out and, and shoot the breeze. And Coop was saying that that Georgia Southern team was the best team that NDSU had ever played while he was there. And that, that includes that Kansas State team who NDSU – because this, this was in December 2013 when Coop was telling us this. So that, that included the K-State game to open that year in uh, late August, early September – and Coop said that Georgia Southern team was good. Like the fact that NDSU ended up beating them, I think, like you said, great program at the time. They were the bell cows of the FCS, but that is something that's always stood in my mind. Coop saying that B-dubs, like, hey, Swans, that, that Georgia Southern team we played last year was the best. They were better than Kansas State, and I don't I don't doubt him about that. So there's there's an argument both ways. I, what I have never seen is the, the moment at the Fargo Dome after NDSU won where all the players were at the middle of the field going around and they were jumping in the stands, but the crowd stayed and they didn't play Alabama's classic. And hats off to Justin. Justin came up with this. The reason that they play, if you're going to play in Texas, you better have a fiddle in the band by Alabama. Brother Swan started that tradition back in 2012 or 2013, either his first or second year here at NDSU when NDSU punched their ticket to the title game in the semifinals. That was Justin's idea. He was running the music, producing the game, and he's the one who hit play and started that NDSU tradition. And as his brother, I'm, I'm proud of that, and I, and I won't let anyone take that away from him. But after the game, that moment where all the fans stayed and for like 20 or 30 minutes just standing and clapping and hugging strangers. And, and uh, I remember walking around the concourse. I'm there with my, you know, my parents, my Uncle Tim, and, and uh, my cousin's husband, Mark Woodrow, his little guy, Mark Woodrow, and then uh, Riley, my cousin Ashley, and, and her husband, Ben, and their little guy. And it was just so cool that telling them, like, 
they're they're in elementary, and I think actually Riley might they both might be junior high now. You know, they get old so fast. They right? do, they don't do. they? Kids are precious. What a wonderful treasure. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, just telling them like, guys, this was one of the best games in the Fargo Dome. Just that they got to experience that and that ending, and then getting to share it with my parents and my uncle Tim, who I who I've always been close with, and and my brother says at the beginning of the game, just one time, just one time, let me yell it, let me yell it. And he just has to yell the word murder. For whatever, <laughs> game, you, yep. know, you know Justin, right? Every and it's time. this thing, and people look at us. I'm like, I'm sorry. I apologize for him. But to be able to, that moment, there's nothing like that. And that that was so special. And Coach Braun, after the game, post-game interview, says that's why you come to North Dakota State. So what, I mean, it was just neat watching that. I talked about it on the 790 yesterday. But as a guy who's, you know, Bison Football Players Association, grew up in the program, your emotions, just seeing something like that with all those fans and all those players. Uh, it, it's the bond that's been there um, for many, many years, from the '60s on up, from the eight, you know, when we made our run in the '80s and on through. But something special has happened in this last run. Um, it seems like a lot of people are more invested than they've ever been um, in what this team does, what they represent, uh, because they're a working class, blue collar bunch of kids, and they are kids. They're 18, 19, 20, 21, um, and they're just going out and battling for the colors, you know, green and yellow, and. Um, it, it's just endearing. It's it's fantastic. I am going to say this though. I have a beef with Brother Swan. Oh, because, tee it up, tee it up. Especially on music, because he played pop Americano every game, and it's probably one of the worst songs ever written. And, and he, he played it because it ticked you me, off. He did. Despite me, he did. That's a true story. Um, and you know who needs enemies with friends like Justin, right? That is absolutely absolutely true. And Lido Shuffle, he did play Lido Shuffle during games. Because you did like that song. That is my karaoke jam. So we'll, we'll give I him give that. him a little boss skags. Yep. Little Lido shuffle. I, I remember true story. Our our good friend Pat Thiel, who's a music teacher over in Moorhead, also coaches football for Shanley. He's he's married to to Brooke. Uh, made a name, Jamison. You know, obviously Brooke Thiel now. And I think it was Pat. The way Pat tells the story. And who knows about Pat's stories? I mean, there's usually some you know bourbon and scotch mixed in there and over the years i mean i i don't think he fought with Patton in world war ii i think pat's making that up yeah. but he tells a story <laughs> how on one of his first dates with brooke he was texting justin like play this song play this song and one might have been like danger zone by kenny loggins or something else and pat guessed the song and brooke's like oh wow and then like pat knew what songs were coming because he texted justin like hey can you do this for me as a favor justin's like yeah that's fine we're playing indiana state whatever and so after the third time, she thought like he was just this savant because he picked three songs in a row, not knowing that it's because Justin was doing a buddy of solid. Oh man, she must have had the the blinders on because anyone that knows Pat knows he's not a savant. No, far not from at it. all. Well, you could say that for all of it. And th- I talked about it earlier in this year, and that's part of the reason I wanted to have you on, Pat Pally, Adam Palcheski, head basketball coach at West Fargo, former North Dakota State football player, the the Palcheski brothers, you and Lucas, pride of Scranton, North Dakota, the text groups. And I talked about that throughout the year because every, every group of Bison dudes has that group of buddies you text with or that two groups of buddies where during last night, like 70 texts, you're, you're coaching you're coaching against Fargo North. you got stuff going on. You get back to the locker room. You know, you guys do your post game. You take a look. You get cleaned up. You take a look at your cell phone and you see like 100 texts from yeah. your uh, Bison buddies. You got texts. You got tailgating videos. You got a video of a guy doing some type of crow caw with uh flapping his arms like their wings at the turf it's just it's a little bit of everything and uh i've seen some things on that on that text group that you can't unsee 
seen some things that are beyond the uh, subpoena powers of the law. This is Herded here with Swanee. 740 AM, The Fan, brought to you by Smith Motors and Wapton, small-town friendly, big-town deals at Welton's Tire Service, your local one-stop for tires, friendly service and more in Lisbon, North Dakota. Coming up on the final segment of this morning's show, I'm going to ask Adam Palczewski and you, Bison Nation. The Bison will play the winner of Montana State, South Dakota State, kickoff at 1 o'clock in Bozeman. Who would you rather see in Frisco January 8th? Would you rather see the Jack Rabbits or... Brent Vegan and the Montana State Bobcats coming up next, where America comes to talk. Getting you ready for the Christmas season here on 740 AM The Fan. This is Herded Here with Swanee. Make sure to check out the show page at 740thefan.com. You can check out the Herded Here Thundering Herdcast. Search Thundering Herdcast, Apple iTunes. I'm joined by Adam Palczewski, head basketball coach at West Fargo High school, former North Dakota State football player. I, I got to ask you, Pally, Carson Hegerly, one of the biggest recruits in this year's signing class, NDSU signed, I think it was 31 student athletes on Wednesday during the early signing day period. Carson being among them, obviously, his dad, Eric, really good guy, played for NDSU back in the day. You coached him on the football team. He's one of your, well, on the basketball team, he's one of your studs that led you to a state title last year. What can you tell the listeners about Carson Eggerly? Uh, you know, NDSU is going to be very, very happy with what they're getting right now. Um, the kid is obviously the best athlete I've ever coached, um, and I've coached in some big. I've coached in Denver, Colorado, and had some guys there that played for the Buffaloes. And um, Carson's as as good, if not better, an athlete than those guys. Um, the other thing, that, and you saw it in the state tournament, um, he is a competitor. You know, that game against Cheyenne in the semifinals. Um, he just had a look in his eye like he wasn't going to be denied. 28 points, I think it was 11 rebounds, um, and he held Jackson Money, who's playing for Northern State right now, 6'10 wing, starting, averaging double-double, He's think. a dude. So, so Jackson Money, Saul Phillips, who's coaching down there, told Rob Manley, who I work with, that by the time he's done, he's going to have him as NSIC Conference Player of the Year. He thinks that highly of him as a freshman. Oh, yeah, he's that good. And I think Carson held him to 10, 11, maybe 12 points, something like that. So, And he's he gave him up six inches. So that kid's just a tough dude, and um, he's going to be catching touchdowns at NDSU here very, very soon. And it's going to be fun to see a lot of those guys. And it's fun. It's fun. You know, I, I love all the Bison players. Once a Bison, always a Bison. I really, truly do believe in that. What's really fun is to watch the the level between when we were growing up, the the quality of play in North Dakota high school, not just football and basketball across the board, but to see a bunch of kids from North Dakota playing, you know, whether it's a, a Volson from Belfort, North Dakota, a lot of these small town kids that that have success, and not just from North Dakota through the Upper Midwest and the Blueprint. It's it's a lot of fun to follow those guys' careers. Oh, it is. And one thing that's great about what we've done at NDSU now, especially, is that if you're a kid with a dream to play professional football, there's a path here. You can come here, and it doesn't matter whether you play O line, which we're known for, or you play quarterback, which we're also known for now. Which is awesome. You know, when you look at Christian Watson, he's going to play on Sundays. Um, you can, if you're good, you're going to get seen. You're going to go against good competition. You're going to be coached up really, really well. Um, and that's a huge advantage for those guys too, especially the quarterback position. But there's a path for you to the NFL, to the highest level of football there is if you come here. And that's a big selling point for a lot of kids. And it's to watch the evolution of the program with still the same gospel tenets, the same cornerstones and foundations. Heard it here with Swanee. Got to ask you, Pally, Montana State, South Dakota State, they play today at one as a Bison fan, as a coach, as a football guy. you have a preference one over the other? I would love to beat South Dakota State. Yeah, That's that's who I want to beat. I want to rip their heart out again. You know, you talk about great games in the Fargo Dome. Um, when we uh, 
I remember watching um, who was their who was their running Zenner Zenner Zach Zenner after we beat him you know we scored a touchdown with what, seven seconds left something like that at the end of the game we should have lost that game but Erzendowski uh, um, uh, caught the touchdown to win it and seeing him and shouldn't have given me pleasure but he was devastated total um, total devastation total I mean and that kid that young man I guess um, was a tremendous player too and he is a competitor and he deserved to win as much as anybody else did. But to see what NDSU has done to teams, and to do that one more time to South Dakota State would give me a lot of pleasure. Down, down, <laughs> amen, man. Down, down in Frisco too, no less. That's the ultimate. I, I talked about this yesterday on on the Mighty Seven Ninety KFGO. That's the ultimate trump card too in that rivalry. Whoever wins that game, if they play in Frisco, it doesn't matter who beats who in the regular season, and they're going to play with JMU leaving for the FBS NDSU and SDSU. The road to Frisco is going to go through I-29, those two schools. But that game, the the, the rivalry that's emerged between those two, all the, the close contests, the friction, everything else. And that's who I think if you ask the Bison, I think fans, I think Bison fans want Montana State. They want somebody new, but they think, well, South Dakota State has knocked us off once. They think SDSU is a better team. You ask our players and coaches, they're going to say exactly what you did. They want another crack at Montana. They want another crack at South Dakota State. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm with it. I think uh, there's, yeah, it. So many things I want to say that I can't say on air, um, but write them down. <laughs> I will read them. <laughs> <laughs> no, our guys, our guys, ready to go, and um, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, I'd be happy for v- Coach Vegan um, if he made it too. But there's just something about what you know. Do you want the to be considered the best team in the nation, or do you want to have the marker trophy? And I want to be the best team in the nation because that's that's what we try to do. That's what we strive for. And the Bison feel they should have won that game. The Bison feel like they went down there and played their worst game of the year. They had the second-half comeback where they played a lot better. But I think if you ask anybody in that locker room, they want that game back, and they want the opportunity to show that they're the better football team, that they're the champions, that South Dakota State isn't. And and there are no layups either. I think a lot of our fans have this maybe misconception that if we were to play Montana State, that it would be a, a you know – Sailing to the title game. That's not true, man. I've I've watched I've watched the Bobcats play a couple times. They got a salty, salty defense. And if they can beat South Dakota State, they'll have definitely earned a spot in the title game. Exactly. And Coach Vegan knows us, so you know it's a tough one if they play us. It will be Adam Palcheski, head coach for West Fargo basketball. Who you got coming up this week, buddy? Uh we got Fargo Davies on Tuesday night um at West Fargo High. So it's gonna be a, a great game. I think they're three in the state. We're uh two in the state, so um, two good teams, a lot of good athletes on that court. So if you like basketball, come out and watch it. And I know you've got your Palcheski family Christmas stuff going on today. Say hello to your parents and Lucas, even Lucas. You give Lucas a Merry Christmas hug for me. Uh, I will give him a Merry Christmas hug just from you, the special hug that you used to give him. <laughs> for Adam Palcheski, Josh Linus running the boards, keeping the trains on track. I'm Josh Swanson. I'm sure we'll be down in Frisco. But for all regular season, I want to thank you for listening. What an epic game. Let's create some more memories in Texas. And remember, the strength of the herd is the bison, and the strength of the bison is the herd.